Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What's up, everybody, and welcome again to the Love Good Podcast. You have no idea how much it means to us, not only that you tune in, but that you spread the word and that you link out episodes, whether it's this one or your favorite episode from the last month or two on social media, uh, testing it to family and friends. Uh, We really love these conversations. We don't take them for granted. I certainly don't. And I'm so grateful, especially to all of our patrons out there who, who make it all possible. For those of you who are just tuning in to Love Good for the first time, also welcome because today we're sitting down with one of my regular contributors. His name is Father Ryan Adorjan. And this is actually the last time he's going to be on the podcast during season three, okay? It's it's currently episode 28. We're going to end at episode 32, which is only about a month away. And this is the last time we'll have Father Ryan on, at least right now. And we're so excited today to be sitting down to talk about friendship. And really, friendship is one of these 12 principles in what we call the art of being human. If you've been tuning in to Let Beauty Speak, the the weekly live stream, the retreat that I'm hosting every Thursday night from the Love Good Studio, you're beginning to pick up on this, that, that we have 12 principles, 12 principles that we believe are at the very heart of the human experience, at the very heart of human happiness. You know, wonder, freedom, leisure, prayer, work, suffering, identity, community, mentorship, vocation, culture. Those are those are 11 out of the 12 principles, but the one that we focus in on today is friendship. So sit back, get comfortable, grab yourself a, a cup of coffee, whatever you need to really dig in and dig deep because today's conversation is as much philosophical as it is deeply personal. And as always, the Father Ryan adores you and there's many surprises along the way. So I'll be back with him in just a moment. Until then, enjoy this new single from Scott Mobile Hill, who we just did a live stream with on Saturday night. It's called Joy. I don't think there's a better way to start an episode than that right there. Ta-da. Did you learn how to sing from a young age? Did you just come out of the womb singing? No. You love music, but like... I do love music. Do you like to sing? Yeah. I mean, I did musicals and stuff before college and seminary, oh. so... 
Yeah. And Charlie Brown was the last in a long line. Last in a venerable long line. Yeah. So what else? You're a music guy. I mean, I know that. You're but a music man. He's a what? Heard. He's a what? I did Music Man. It was Harold Hill, the Music Man. Seriously, that's the, the one year before Charlie Brown. Music Man is the one with Well, the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming for me. That's Montgomery Ward sent me a bathtub and a crosscut saw. We grew up on musicals. This is meaningful to me. What else? Little Shop of Horrors. Don't know. I it. was the dentist. Yeah. Uh, I was Pirelli and Sweeney Todd once. Okay. What else you got? Into the Woods. Dang. I was Potiphar and Joseph. Dang. That was one of my favorites. Illustrious career. Yeah. Yeah. Long Secret Garden. I mean, Bye yeah. Bye Birdie. Oh, Bye Bye Birdie. Remind me. Give me one. The most famous one from that. I don't know. I yeah. was the mayor. We That's just grew up singing because that was my mom. Conrad. We would, this is what we did on like snow days when we lived in Boston and other parts of the country that had snow. Sometimes we watched musicals and we ate tomato soup and garlic bread. Yeah. I think garlic bread. I don't remember mom, but it was awesome. Thank you for a great childhood. (laughs) (laughs) There's a great podcast out right now called Guys Who Like Musicals. I don't know how I feel about that. What? What does that look like? It's two guys who are on Broadway and they're, you know, like pretty well sort of integrated guys like yeah oh yeah I mean I just sort of had this horrible association that most people on Broadway are nuts no take it back well why do I have that impression no they're not nuts I don't know why but they're good I mean it's like Hollywood these are good guys you know Hollywood like it's different it's different it's different than Hollywood totally seriously it's different than Hollywood okay yeah taking your word on that there's more authenticity on Broadway for sure that's good that's good to hear well that's cool I mean obviously music is a really important part of your life. Yeah. And it's a big part of what we do here at Love Good. Here at Love Good. You know? Formerly Love Good Music. Formerly Love Good Music. It's easy to forget that that's where the party started. A 45-city house concert tour in the summer of 2013. We went as far west as San Diego, as far north as Boston, as far south as Tampa, and just about every major city in between. I don't think I could ever stomach a tour like that again. But it was amazing because we just saw time and time again, these intimate little house shows really meant a lot to people. You know, kind of like you were saying last month that in fact, it's very rare to sit down and have an encounter with an artist where you feel like you are really a part of the moment. Yeah. A part of the song. Yeah. You know? I never felt like Nick Nick Fabian was singing to me. Yeah. That would have been weird. Yeah. But I felt like he was singing for me. And to be fair... Even the best artists I know who play major arenas seem to have that same gift. You know, like we saw Judah and the Lion back in August. So it's been a while now. We took all the apprentices. It was sort of like our back to the new apprenticeship year kickoff. It was so fun. And several of the apprentices came up to me afterwards and they were like, we're in the pit, by the way, basically front row. And they couldn't get over how well Judah Akers, the lead singer, could hold eye contact with fans to such an extent that they felt like they were the only person in the entire audience. Yeah. Now, surely he mm. wasn't actually making eye contact with everybody, but how many people went home feeling like he had? They say the same was true of, of JP too. You yeah. Know? All you had to do was lock eyes with that man and you would just sort of be weeping. That's cool, you know? That's a whole different way of looking at people. It's a whole way of encountering people in their dignity, even ennobling them. Sure. This is a big thought for me because, you know, I've 
really been wanting to have a conversation about the power of a name, remembering people's name, giving them that dignity. But even the way that we look at people, you know, as Pope Benedict wrote, give people that look of love that they crave, you know? We don't live in a world that knows how to give a look of love with, with much ease and spontaneity and authenticity, you know, yeah. like it's, it's a rare moment to encounter a stranger that looks at you with a love that ennobles, with a love that dignifies, with a love that elevates your, your day, your moment, you know? Yeah. I don't even know where I'm going with this, Think but about this is FaceTime, important. FaceTime, when you FaceTime somebody and you don't even notice on your screen that they're not looking at you. Yeah. Because the camera's like over here, but the screen is right in front of them. Yeah. So they're trying to look at you, but really they're just looking at you, look at yourself. Yeah. While they look at themselves. Yeah. It's weird, right? You know, so. Do we all do that? It's not just me sometimes? Yeah, of course. Of course. In a picture, you know what I mean? You get a picture of a group, for example, and the first person you look for is yourself. yourself, Obviously. Because you need to affirm that you exist. Yeah. You know? And that's a deep thing. And yeah, to be, to be seen it's different to be looked at yeah. and to be seen. Those are two different things. Yeah. To be known and, and perceived. On Instagram, I was just looking at a a post from the Benedictine, I think it's Benedictine Abbey of in Switzerland. Are you like a I want to be monk? Seidelin. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Ein Seidelin. I don't know how to say it. I don't know monasteries. But they are, they were doing some renovation work, I think, earlier in the fall. Yeah trying to make, I think, access to the Abbey Church more accessible. And, you know, it's all written in German or whatever language it was. So then when I hit, you know, the translation, the way it translated was, you know, we're making our Abbey Church accessible to all so that all people can come here. So since all people are perceived and welcomed here. Mm. Now they didn't use the word perceived, I'm sure. I'm sure they meant like, you know, seen and welcome or known yeah. and welcome or whatever. But I just thought that was such an interesting translation. Yeah. To perceive another, you know. Yeah. I think about the words of the prophet Isaiah, God speaking through Isaiah saying, behold, I'm doing something new. Do you not perceive it? Mm. And I just wonder like, what does that mean? Yeah. To perceive another person, to be perceived. Yeah. And not to, not to force the topic, but isn't that so much of what friendship is about? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a sense, letting love set the other person free. And I'm not obviously talking about a love that is romantic, you know, eros love. But in fact, that friendship love that can set people free too. You know, it's really powerful. We had an incredible Love Good Academy not too long ago with our apprentices here in town. And we talked about these different levels of friendship, you know, the Aristotle digs Aristotelian, into. Aristotelian, yeah. Yeah, you, utility, right? That there's a usefulness to the other person. Maybe you're on a sports team together. Maybe your colleagues, maybe that person is simply your professor or your trainer or whatever, your coach, you know? Johnny has a pool. Yeah. What? You're facing opposite of the camera right now. I know, I'm letting him see. I'm stretching my back here. Yeah. Because these stools, I'm sorry. which we've whined about for months now. Yeah. Um, I'm actually comfortable at this point. It yeah. was just It was just that one time that we had a conversation right after lunch. Yeah. Johnny, the neighbor kid, he's got a pool. That's why you're friends with him. We can get you a pillow. No, we're not getting a pillow. I can get you a I'm pillow. I'm on a roll. We're okay. friends with Johnny because yeah. he has a pool. That's called utility. I don't know about Johnny. I don't like him. It's true. You like the pool. I like yeah. the pool. He's got yeah. a pool. I want a pool. So, so utility. Trampoline friend. And, and it's not necessarily bad, right? In no. fact, it's often the starting place for a lot of sure, relationships. Of There's a usefulness, you know? But then there's pleasure, 
which is a little bit of a higher form of friendship, right? You know, it's this enjoyment of the other person in a sense, like for, I guess what they bring to you, you yeah. know, it's, it's a little bit selfish still, but you know, it's certainly more than just they're useful to you. You, you kind of delight in them, but it's not quite delight yet. It's on the way to delight. Yeah. And I delight you, in what they do or yeah. what they bring, yeah. offer me in a physical exactly. Exactly. way. But then it's a whole nother thing to have this friendship of excellence, friendship of virtue, virtue, where you delight in the person for their own sake, where you begin to will the good of the other. As and, other. Yeah, that's right. Even if that good does not include you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that takes a lot of selflessness or detachment. Yeah. Which brings me to a whole nother point that I find very challenging. Detachment, you know, mm. like how do you love generously, passionately, heroically, and yet without expectation, without counting the costs, without expecting anything in return? That is so hard. And yet it is also so joyful when you when you find that sweet spot in particular relationships. And maybe it's just me, but I'm constantly navigating that. I'm constantly making mistakes in that arena. I'm constantly trying to grow. And every relationship is a new dynamic that is constantly unfolding where it demands more love and less expectation. You know what I mean? I, I can't I can't ever get comfortable with it. Otherwise yeah. something falls apart. Yeah. And it's usually the the relationship. You I know? remember a couple of months ago we talked about the concept of like teleology. Yeah. I don't know if we actually ended up using the that. End but or the... It's the end of it. Yeah. It's yeah. the thing toward which it, it's constantly this motion, right? Where this movement toward the fulfillment of the thing. And I think that in friendship, there's kind of this natural progression. Oh, hey, you know, I'm Jimmy. Oh, I'm Ryan. You know, oh, hellos. Oh, this, that, the other thing. Oh, coffee. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this music, this holiday, this thing or whatever. And then there's going to come a time when the next logical thing to say will be that part of you, that thing about your life or whatever that you don't want to say. Yeah. Because it means being vulnerable, because totally. it means taking that risk of friendship and of moving out of first usefulness, then pleasure, and mm -hmm. moving into a place of true, I love you, I'm choosing you, I'm relying on you, I'm investing in you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And I perceive that and I'm going to make the leap now. Yeah. And if you do that, which seems to be the natural progression for somebody who's earned the right to hear your story, as Brene Brown would say, and somebody who can bear the weight of your story, those mm -hmm. are the two great kind of pillars of vulnerability, according to mm -hmm. Brene Brown, but you make that leap or you don't. Yeah. But look at what happens when you don't. Look at what happens when you kind of dam that river of motion that you kind of put a stop to that natural progression of increased vulnerability of yeah. increased investment, what happens? Well, mm. suddenly the excellence dissolves and then it just becomes, then we, well, yeah, I just like hanging out with you. It's so much fun, you know, whatever. And then, okay, you know, hey, I'll see you at work, whatever. Like, well, you know, let's get lunch at work every now and then. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, you're still talking to Jimmy? I mean, yeah, we, you know, we kind of see each other every few weeks, you know, he still works there or whatever, but because I chose not to, to move towards the natural conclusion of our relationship, it's going to dissolve and fall apart, you know? Yeah. Again, the Narnia thing. Yeah. Come further up, come further in. So the good things are always beckoning us. Come mm. further into me, they say. Yeah. Come further up toward me, they say. And you either say, okay, I'm going to do it. Or mm. you say, 
no thanks. Yeah. You know, no thanks. But this is where discernment comes in, right? I think we've all had friends. You know, I always think about like, who are the people that you sat at lunch with on like the first day of school versus who are you sitting with on the last day of school? Yeah. Typically the people you hang out with are the ones who sit by in class who also don't have any friends and you become friends with them. And then, but through being involved in different things or whatever, then the natural kind of friendships sort of forge mm. themselves. So not every relationship is meant to become that level of friendship mm -hmm. for sure. But when we are talking about friendship in particular, moving through those stages, usefulness to pleasure, pleasure to excellence, to virtue. Mm -hmm. Virtue, remember, is a habit, so not just a one-time thing, but a way of life. Yeah, That, that is, is what is going to make the difference. It's this ability to go further up and further into the mm -hmm. life of that person, to invite the other person further up, further in, yeah. into your own kind of life. I'll be back in just a moment with Father Ryan Adorjan. All right, y'all, pretty incredible stuff to, to be journeying through these, these 12 principles in the art of being human, maybe without us even realizing it. You know, these different aspects of what it really means to be fully human and fully alive are a constant in the Love Good world and especially on the Love Good podcast. And for those of you who want an even deeper dive, one that's sort of progressive in, in that it builds on itself week after week after week, then you should be tuned in to letbeautyspeak.com. Every Thursday night, I am journeying through these 12 principles. We're spending an entire hour, really having an hour-long retreat on each of these principles. We've already covered wonder. Last week, we covered freedom. This Thursday, we're covering friendship, which obviously is so incredibly appropriate because our podcast this week is about friendship. And this is gonna be an amazing opportunity to, again, gather family and friends, maybe not friends. It really depends on what state you're in right now, doesn't it? It depends on what country you're in as well, but in whatever way is safe and possible to gather around the smart TV and to have an hour long retreat with people that you love. Because frankly, right now, it's gonna be a long time before the world of retreats, camps, conferences, come back. And so this is a small way for me, certainly, to keep that part of my life alive, but it's also a huge way for all of us to reclaim hope amidst crisis, amidst this kind of crazy time that we're living in. So if you're not yet signed up for that, go to letbeautyspeak.com. We'll see you there. What do you do when you face rejection? You know, what do you do? Not just... When a guy loves Big old a girl, milkshake. I mean, yeah. And we're not talking about unrequited love here. Yeah. You know, it's sort of this unrequited friendship. I mean, this is this is definitely where I've struggled in the past of of wanting a friendship and therefore being the intentional one and not not always receiving, you yeah. know, or yeah. or being, you know, the one that that is, is pursued even in friendship, you know? Yeah. So all that to say that there came a really important moment in college because I had a lot of free time. You know, like I only took one, I only had one major. Most of my friends had double majors. I did all these internships. I studied abroad. Like I had more time than most of my friends, which meant that I never let the classroom get in the way of my education. Don't forget that. <laughs> all right. It was about people for me. And I just remember as a 19 or 20 year old deciding I was never again going to wait for a phone call. I was never again going to wait for someone else to be intentional. And I was going to stop expecting things and just make the gift of self. Yeah. Be the one who pursued, be the one who was intentional. 
and face the occasional rejection and, and disappointment along the way, but to face it like a man, to like our, our Lord even says, to dust off my feet and press onward, you know? That has led, though it's been really challenging at times, it has led to a, a bounty of meaningful friendships that I can hardly like express my joy and gratitude for, you know? And that sort of like stretches across three continents, you know? Not that they're all sustainable in all the same ways. They're not all deep in the same ways, but there's an intentionality and a very shared sense of being in pursuit together, yeah. you know? Not of each other, but of that highest good that we're made for, ultimately God, you know? Yeah. And that is incredible because what it means is you can pick up where you left off. It means that you and I aren't going to get into a tussle if we're not texting and calling and in constant touch with each other in between, you know, your trips to Nashville and my trips to Joliet or Hinsdale, you know? And that means we pick up where we left off and we keep going further up and further in. in a friendship that we know is so much bigger than you or me. Yeah. Or even us, right? And it's meant to lead us to that something bigger, that someone bigger. Amen. We don't live in a world where that's the norm, obviously. No, obviously not. No, it's hard to find people that way because, and I struggle with this, and I think we've talked about this before, but I struggle with being pursued. Mm. You know, I think that there's a part of me still, even now and definitely in the past, that felt unworthy of pursuit. You know, again, it's kind of what we talked about. If you really knew me, you wouldn't yeah. be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's sort of at a, at a point you just kind of got to say, Whatever, going for it, <laughs> gonna go for it. And if you reject me, you reject me. Yeah. But I know that I did what I could, you know? And and there are some times when you, <laughs> this is the heartbreak of life, but when you get to that point, all the way up, you make the leap, you think you can trust, and then it all falls apart. Oh. And you realize, okay, that was the that was the crucible. That was the trying of our relationship. And this thing was not as strong as I had perceived yeah. it to be. But then sometimes you go that place and the other person says, I just, I don't know, you mm -hmm. know, and something happens or the trust is broken. Yeah. And I think we've all broken the trust and we've all had the trust broken. And I just know, I mean, we all know how it's just so hard. Yeah. But most of the time with those relationships, relationships that we take the leap with and they kind of go a little bit sour at the beginning, they often re come back. They come back. Yeah. It's, and yeah. It, if, the, if the two people are into it, two people who are in it to win it, even if it's awkward, even if something happened and now it's hard and weird, yeah. a lot of times the trust needs time to rebuild. Yeah. But it can come back. It Sometimes can come back. And that's how you stronger. know... Well, if it comes back, it will be stronger. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's how beautiful. Yeah. And you can, you know, I think before we've talked about like the the height of vulnerability being the two old people in the diner booth, you yeah. know. And like when they look at each other, you know, the man looks past his newspaper and the lady looks up from buttering her little bagel or whatever, and they just make eye contact with each other. There is a whole lifetime worth of joy and pain being exchanged. Yeah. And whether it's conscious or subconscious, that lifetime's worth of joy and pain is filling them with gratitude. Yeah. And between the two of them, they're saying, we are who we are because of each other, mm. because of what we've been through, yeah. and because of who we've allowed the other to be for, mm. for me. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I just long for a world where uh, 
that kind of friendship, that level of relationship within marriage, within family, within community is normative. And I've been, you know, more than once called a fool for dreaming of a world like that. Yeah. I'll never forget this Fireside House concert we did in Atlanta once. And it was a lot of really sweet, beautiful, middle-aged suburban women who came out. <laughs> I don't remember many men there that night. For some reason, it was just one of these kind of like- Desperate Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no safe way. But the point is she came up to us afterwards and, and she didn't want to become a patron, which was fine. You know, we're used to that sometimes. Whoever you are, become a patron at joinlovegood.com. Keep your shoes on in the TSA pre-check line. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she bought two of my CDs which was very sweet but she goes you know you know, you know your dream is is a full stream hmm. this this more beautiful and better culture that you envision and that you long for she basically said is is impossible so stop dreaming you know it was like one of those moments if i wasn't really confident in the call yeah it would have crushed me i mean Eight years ago, seven years ago, when it was really tender and new, six years ago on that summer tour, that would have crushed me, you know? I suppose that is the dynamic of not just human friendship, but divine friendship as well. Yeah. That there is such a level of trust and knowing and being on a journey together now with God that really has been like more than half my life. It allows me to face moments like that with like total joy, detachment, and courage. I look in the face of that kind of rejection, even though that's mild and simple and momentary, and I can almost laugh at it because it doesn't penetrate. So anyways, friendship is just so important. I literally can't imagine my life without my friends. You know, I don't come from a big family. I've got like family on the West Coast and I've got family that's like scattered now, Atlanta, Tampa, literally there's just not very many of us left. Yeah. And so uh, if I didn't have friends, I wouldn't have a sense of family. I certainly wouldn't have community. I wouldn't have that shared pursuit of a higher end, you know, ultimately God, but you know, every, every good along the way that leads to him, every truth, every, every encounter with beauty. Anyways, I'm grateful. And I hope that in some small ways, our little conversations and our friendship can just be an expression of hope that it's possible out there. Yeah. I and mean, we've only known each other for three years, less than three years at the time of this recording. And yet there's not really a subject that hasn't come up at some point in our conversations. Yeah. Which says a lot about, you know, where we've come from, the the joys and the struggles, but the vulnerability that's demanded, you know, demanded. Of, Necessary. Crucial. Of authentic friendship. Yeah. But I just want to say too that I don't know that a friendship of utility is objectively bad. Right. Or a friendship of pleasure is objectively right. bad. I think about all the people who say like my work family or whatever, where you only know them because of your work and you probably won't talk to them after you're done working there, but you do grow close to people. Yeah. Or the friendship of pleasure. You know, a lot of times, remember in the seminary once the rector was saying like, you need somebody that can be your confident, confidant. But that person might not be somebody that you hang out with all the time. Or even enjoy you know? being around constantly either. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I just would hate for our, these months now of conversations to imply that friendship means always going deeply, yeah, which I yeah. think I used to think that. Yeah. And I don't totally think that anymore, although it's important. I it's think exhausting though to only turn so everywhere, always go deep. So deep, yeah. deep, 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 yeah. deep. And if it's meant to go deep, it will go deep. But yeah. no, I think a friendship of 
I remember being in the seminary with guys and I I only know them because we both like coffee and we would go get coffee and talk about theology for an hour once a month. And that's that. You know, and now I talk to them once a month still. You know what I'm saying? But I enjoyed it. I don't know a whole lot about them. They don't know Mm -hmm. a whole lot about me. I don't know how much of the ups and downs we're going to share together. But that one common thing, we were able to have kind of an encounter. Yeah, And you can learn about yourself, learn about other people from these sort of lesser or I'm going to say lower Mm -hmm. friendships of utility and pleasure. So not that they're bad. And you can't impose yourself on people or expect more than they're capable of. And I've learned that lesson the hard way, maybe with family as much as anybody, but certainly my closest friends. Or the people that at a, at a moment, at a season of life, see about my closest friend and perhaps just couldn't, couldn't give or yeah. couldn't go further up and further in, in the same way. In that particular and way. And to just still love them and not care. Yeah. You know, and again, just sort of like have that healthy sense of, well, you know, here I am and I'm, I'm willing to be wounded and I'm certainly willing to be intentional. Anyways, Father Ryan. This has been great. A little bit intense. Love it. Let's Thanks. climb out of the hole here. Let's climb out of the hole. We're done. This episode, the plane is landing. landing. So final words from the official, unofficial, official chaplain of Love Good, Father Ryan Adorjan. What, what you got? You should love what is good. Become what you love. Mm. Change the world. Peace. See you guys next time. Bye. My hands and feet black as the night now, but my knife was clean. I was feeling so You're listening to Quicksand by Rebecca Rubion off her 2016 album, Sleepless Nights. And like many of the great songs you hear in the Love Good podcast, it's currently featured on one of our Spotify playlists. So I don't know if you got Spotify, if you're more of an Apple Music person, fine. But definitely if you have Spotify, go check out Rebecca Rubion. Go check out the Love Good curated playlists. They're amazing. They're all kind of genre and mood specific, really great stuff. And thanks as always for tuning in. What a great episode. What a great final episode with Father Ryan Adorjan, at least this season. And again, a huge opportunity to keep diving into this principle of friendship is coming your way Thursday night. LetBeautySpeak.com. Get signed up for all the reminders so that you don't miss it. Join the over 6,000 people who are tuned in to our weekly live streams at this point. Super exciting stuff. Nothing but love and prayers from Nashville for all of you. Hope you're holding up in quarantine. Obviously, thanks be to God that the world is slowly going back to normal here, depending on where you're living. Obviously, good things happening and great reason for hope. But know that we are praying for you and for your families and just so grateful, especially to all of our longtime patrons, all of our new patrons who continue to make Love Good possible, especially in quarantine, especially without events. We need you more than ever. 
Y'all are amazing. Have a great rest of your week and tune in next week for my last episode this season with Dr. Ryan Hanning, another one of our regular contributors. And don't be afraid. The best is yet to come. There are so many amazing surprises in store over the next few months because guess what? In quarantine, I have too much time on my hands and I'm a bit of a workaholic if I'm not careful. So I have been busy and so has Marisol and so many of our collaborators. And with that comes a lot of opportunity to keep doing great things and to provide more and more really exciting opportunities for y'all as well. See you Thursday night, letbeautyspeak.com. Next week on the podcast, Dr. Ryan Hanning, so much to look forward to. We'll see you soon. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.